I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The Deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Episode 191, Brian Gianta going to join us here very shortly. I'll just start by saying this, Anthony. Um, the Buffalo Sabres are being taken for real right now. Is Tage Thompson putting the Buffalo Sabres on the map or are the Buffalo Sabres putting the Buffalo Sabres on the map? That's mm-hmm. something that we'll definitely get into today for sure. There is a lot to discuss, a lot of feel-good stuff with the Sabres, a lot of stuff that we're we're going to talk about is like, you know, the transition of mindset of the team and the organization. They have been a bottom feeder for many, 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 many years. And in order to get out of the dungeon, okay, you need to start somewhere climbing the ladder and gaining respect around the league. And the question is, are they doing that right now? Or are they doing something that they've done in the past, in the last decade, where they've had stretches of insanely awesome play, and then all of a sudden, they're back to the normal Sabres. That's something that they're dealing with right now. They're working. This group is working towards something. But can I, can I, can I stop the Sabres um, conversation before? Because we're going to talk about that with Gio. I can't wait to hear what he has to say about the good and the bad. Okay. Cause there, there is good and there is bad on the Sabres. And we can sit there and discuss that um, with our time with Gio. But before we go there, can I just, can I just, can I go someplace with you? Go. You know, this topic for me has been one of my favorite. And we, me and you have worked together for, uh, I'm thinking probably six, seven, eight, seven years, seven years. Now we've worked together seven and a half almost. And this topic for me is, is something that I purely enjoy as an individual hockey player and a hockey fan. And I've brought this up to you many times. And I think it's a discussion that we intentionally avoid. Almost. We, we avoid the conversation because I, I literally could talk about this player all day long. I could talk about what he's done throughout his career, career all day long. He, to me is absolutely mind boggling. He's a super freak. And this is Alex Ovechkin, Alex Ovechkin, the grade eight again, scored 50, he scored two goals last night. He's got 15 goals on the season. Now you're sitting there saying at home and you know, the Sabres fans that are listening and the, the hockey fans that are from, you know, enjoying, Oh, well, Toronto fans listen to our show and they're saying, well, we got awesome Matthews. Who cares about uh, Alex Ovechkin? And we got Tage Thompson. Well, guess what? Alex Ovechkin is 37 years old. He is 37 years old. And he is on pace right now for 40 for 40 plus goals at 37. Again, I, I just I can't understand because I've been through it. I played 923 games. I was hurt in my career for 
over when you count all of the games. I've been hurt for over 150 games in my career. And I look at this man and he's just an absolute genetic freak. Powerful, strong. He plays the game with finesse and physicality with physicality. He scores goals. He's got he's got an office that is going to be named something the office, you know, where Gretzky had it behind the net. Alex Ovechkin is going to have. I think when he breaks office. the goal record that he, they put number eight at the top of the the circle, on right the, on the right side uh, in ev- in everyone's building should be an eight right where Alex Ovechkin has scored four hundred goals. And you might be people that are listening. You might just be thinking like, why are we talking about this again? And to me, he is just something special. We we are witnessing in our lifetime something special, and he has. He is just literally the greatest goal scorer to ever, ever play the game. And I don't care if he does not surpass Wayne Gretzky's goal total. He's 99 away after last night. He has 795 now in his career. He's 99 away from 99. And he's going to do it. I mean, how many more do you give him this year? Going to give him 20 more at least? Let's give him 20. I was at 79. How many games does he have left? They've played 28 games. So do the calculation on that. Help me out. 54, 54 games. So in that, in that can in 54 games, can he score 25 goals? I think he can. He's, he's literally on pace. He can score 25 goals. So that would, that would put him at 40. The OV discussion isn't um, how many goals is he going to score this year? Even his age. It, it's the fact that, you know, I, I said this to you guys in the group chat last night. I said, I, I just can't believe that I'm going to witness another player hit 800 goals. And, you know, when Gretzky did it, I don't know the exact year, 90, 91, somewhere in there. I was 10, yeah. 11, 12, 9, 10, 11, somewhere in that range, 89, 90, 91, somewhere in there it had to have been done. I didn't understand the magnitude of it. I didn't. I thought this would happen somebody else would get 800 you know what i mean and it would be a frequent thing and i i i i didn't realize that because you're so young and naive and no one's telling you information about oh well not no one scores 5 6 7 800 goals in a career all the time you know what i mean yeah i just can't believe i'm going to witness a player scores 800th career goal i thought it was incredible to watch him score 700 and you brought something up in our in our little group chat. We've got a few guys on there, Vanek and and uh, you know Geo and Ronick, and you know we 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 tend to throw clips and Twitter stuff and just news around the NHL. And you threw something out there really interesting, and it, and it's something that uh, you know you know you you think about the, what you th- what you threw out there to the chat was: Are we going to see the third? 800 goal score before Christmas. That's what you threw out there. And uh, Ovi had what? Seven, seven goals, uh, seven goals before Christmas. Okay. So he's got, how many games does he have left? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven games before Christmas, seven games. He's got five goals to go. Will you see Alex Ovechkin? Or even, I would even go beyond that. Are we going to see an 800 goal score before the new year, before 2023? Which now you're now you're talking about one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven go eleven games. Are we going to see before the new year, 2021, our third 800 goal score? And I'm going to bet on that, and I'm going to say yes, we are. And that's going to be games. something. Special. He has eight games before Christmas. These he has, in in six games from now. They play the Detroit Red Wings. How unbelievable would it be? I'm all about storylines. How unbelievable would it be to see him tie or break Gordie Howe's record against Detroit? Now, granted, it's a home game, but I don't really care. That's quite the storyline for me. It's just amazing how all these things always potentially line up, right? Like these these fascinating yeah. storylines. Like even something as small as Shane Wright getting recalled to play against Montreal, who kind of snubbed him at the draft. You know, there's the drama there, and then he scores his first NHL goal. I mean, it, it's just these storylines just seem to to pop out at us. But I was looking last night, 
And I just, I would, I just want to see this happen. I want to see this happen because, like I said, yeah, I was maybe ten or eleven when Gretzky broke Howe's record, and I did, I didn't know what it meant. I had, I had no idea. You know, yeah. I mean, it, it, it never dawned. I don't on think me. anybody really understands the magnitude of how many goals Alex Ovechkin has scored. Like Gordy Howe was in a certain era, okay, and he dominated the era, Mister Hockey. And then you have Wayne Gretzky step on from a very young age, just a little kid, little skinny, little runt of a kid skating around, absolutely shredding the National Hockey League. And he's called, you know, the great one. And now you have now you have something that may not be the generational talent, even of his era, like because Sidney Crosby came in at the same time and Sidney Crosby has more points than Alex Ovechkin and he's doing and he's still at a, uh, you know, producing at a, an insane rate. So we've had the ability in my, my time where I've got to see Wayne Gretzky and Marion Lemieux and guys like that. But I've also been able to play against the Sidney Crosby, the Alex Ovechkin. And it's, it's to me, it's, it's jaw dropping to see what these two young men are doing. But to me, above all, Alex Ovechkin to score goals in the NHL right now with how great, and I mean how great these players are and the depth of this league. I cannot believe he's still scoring at the rate that he's scoring at. So well, what about Crosby? Say, he's, he's, he has 15 goals in 26 games too. He's on pace for 40 something goals. He has, he has 35 points in 26 games, you know, and he's, what is he? What a freak, man. Well, I wonder, are these guys pushing each other? Like he's 35. Do you think that there's there's some something there that is is they look across at each other and they just they drive each other to to continue? Because ever since they came into the league together, it's been Crosby Ovechkin. Crosby Ovechkin. I mean, they were the uh game of the week seemed like five times a year. We we saw Washington Pittsburgh, you know, as the as the uh, rivalry night, right? Remember the old rivalry night. And we all talk about Ovechkin because he's at seven ninety five. Crosby's got fifteen goals this year. Yeah, it's crazy, crazy. He's still crazy what these guys are at doing. An unbelievable rate. But again, I'm looking at just Ovi, just taking him for an example, and just understanding that he is ultimately, ultimately trying to break one of the hardest records. In, in the game, in hockey, and that's to score more goals than 894 goals scored by the greatest player to ever play the game in Wayne Gretzky. And I wonder if the pressure will mount. I wonder if the pressure mounts from, or if he just approaches it as a normal day. I think he's a freak, man. I think this guy has lived his entire career, whether it was over in Russia, before he was even in the NHL when he was a young kid, he was shredding the league, shredding the leagues that he was in, playing way above himself, playing against older players at a very young age group because he was big, strong, powerful. When he came to the NHL, he, his first year, he scored how many goals? 52? I think it was 50, yeah, 52 goals. 52 or 54, yeah. Yeah. And he, and he never looked back at the age of 19 when he came to this league. He never looked back. Okay, and he's been scoring at a rate that has been mind boggling because there was years that Wayne Gretzky, his highest year was was how many? Ninety. Ninety two. He had ninety two and he also had what, an eighty seven and an, mm -hmm. like Alex Ovechkin's top year was what, sixty five. Mm hmm. So he's been more consistent in his goal scoring throughout the time that he's played in the, in the league where Gretzky was scoring 92 goals. That's like, that's like two seasons in one, right? Yeah. yeah. It's, it's a great point. Here's another point about Ovi. He lost his entire rookie year in 0405 to the lockout. Cause he was drafted first overall that's in 2004. Right. So right. let's, let's give him, you want to give him 35 goals as a rookie? No, 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 no I'm not giving him 35. You're giving him more. He scored 52 goals in his first year. As a 19-year-old. I, I just am trying to be conservative. Okay, 35. 35. Okay, so that puts him at uh, 830. Yep. And he's going to finish this year. And he missed he missed that season in 12-13 uh, where they, they, they didn't play Half 34 games. You can give him another 20 goals there. 17 that's, goals. Let's, let's just say 20. 
So now he's at 50 goals minimum, 55 if we're going 35 and 20. And then the COVID, COVID year. Um, Half the season, 56 games I think they played, right? He played 45 in 2021, and he played 68 in 1920. So let's just let's just say 15 goals. So he's he mean, missed uh, 14 games there and 37 games there. So another he missed another 50 games. Give him t- 20 goals because he was on a he had 48 he had 48 goals in 68 games and he had 24 and 45. He is knocking on the door of the record right now. If 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 he doesn't miss all that time, uh, absolutely. That's why it's so special. And you know what? He's had to endure some hard times and he's had to overcome, you know, lockouts and, and, and all that kind of stuff, COVID situations that have never happened before. And listen, I mean, Wayne Gretzky dealt with the same thing, right? Wayne Gretzky dealt with the same thing, but, um, it's going to be special. And, 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 and I'm literally watching, I, I, besides the Sabres, Every single day when I wake up and I check my NHL.com, the first thing I do every single morning is to see if Washington played and then directly going to Washington, even before any team that I check, because I'm just infatuated with, with how difficult this record. How disappointed are you when you see no goals by Ovi? I don't care about, I'm I'm not going to lie. It, it definitely affects me. Yeah, it, it, it's I, like, I want this for him so bad. I want this for him because he is not only is he a great player and he's, he's been an incredible ambassador for this game. He is a really good person. He is a really good person. Well, on that note, really good. Let's go grab our good person, Brian Gianta. Geo. Listen, as a very dear friend has once said, Tage Thompson played exceptionally well. <laughs> exceptionally That's the well. Way we're gonna start this. I like your I like your thinking. You know what though? You know what though, Gio, to be honest with you, he still hasn't like really lived up to the expectations of that contract, you know? Like what the 1.4 million that yeah, he's, he's only making 1.6. Yeah. The pressure starts yeah. next year. He's got to perform yeah. next year. Yeah, why is he blowing it yet. all right now? He's got to wait. He's got to like hold it back, not give him everything. Yeah. He should have had 10 goals this year, sat on his 1.4, and then next year he blows it up and 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 goes on fire. That would have but, been amazing if he gets 10 goals. He's like, well, I don't want to, I don't want to, you know. I'm playing to my contract. Over, yeah, I'm playing to my contract. Give you guys more and have more ex- expectations for next year. Gio, when's the last time you've seen a player that you've played with on 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 your team that is playing at the level of Tage Thompson, he's a he's a league wide conversation that's happening right now with what he's doing this year. Well, he's got all the tools. We've said it before: big, strong skates, will a hell of a shot. So there's no surprise why he's taken off. But you know he's playing extremely well, um, and he's got confidence. And when you have confidence, it's a true thing as a player, as a goal scorer. You need to feel good about your game and you need to feel good going in night after night. And right now he's doing it. And the same can be said for cousins, right? Like it's you get on those runs and you're feeling good about how you're playing. Things are going in, whether they should or not. And it just continues to build that confidence. And so that's the type of of streak. That's the type of run these guys need to continue to just get better night after night and be a better team down the stretch. I know it was a crazy hope. But I was hoping to God he got 10 points last night. <laughs> 11. 10 would have been amazing. I'm not joking when I say that. He had four goals in the first period. I'm sitting there thinking, okay, he's not going to get 12 goals. But they're not slowing down, and they're they're dominating the game. I was just hoping he was going to get, you know, seven, eight, nine points. And Yeah, what, what happens, so though, you, right? You get up, you know, six, seven it's nine to two. All of a sudden, the urgency on races, the urgency on your battles, like you're just, you know what I mean? At that point, it just becomes skating up and down and making plays. And you could see there wasn't much hits, you know, like no one was finishing. It was just kind of let's get through this game, get it over with both teams and move on. Those you are know? tough games to play in. They are. They're, they're sneaky because 
you know, listen, at, at some point, who? maybe the team that's down six, nothing after the first period. Well, at some point you come out and you try to change the momentum. Do you not? Well, I, you say, who's it tough for Craig? I, I think back to in our generation. I mean, if you're up nine, two, you better have your head on a swivel because guys are coming to kill everybody. If you're down nine, two, your job is to go out there and, and save face, send a message for next time. Yeah. Save face, save face for video, right? You know, that video session the next day is just going to suck. So you don't want to be the guy that the, I love the what, coach I love pulls the clip Shelley at says. nine, two, and he pulls the clip of you not dumping the puck in, or you not finishing a check. And that's the reason why you didn't win. You know, Jody, Jody Shelley said last night at the NHL network, he said, uh, uh, these are the games guys like me, I'd like to get thrown out of early. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. You know what? You know what's tough is uh, is when you play in a game like this, and I've I have been in on the wrong side of this type of shit far too many times, like far too many. And what I mean by that is this: after the game, and you guys know this, after the game. You do your media talk, everything happens, blah, 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 whether you played the good game or the bad game. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. And whether you fall on what side of that. And at the end, and you're in the back room, you're getting undressed, you know, and then all of a sudden the game sheets come out. And you're thinking to myself, there's there's that time where you scored a goal, had two assists, was, was plus three, and you're like, oh my God, you're like, you almost want to take the thing home and frame it. And you're just like, this is the greatest ever. Then all of a sudden you're on the other side of that where your team wins. And you're minus you two or three. Win eight, <laughs> you win eight to two. Your team wins. You win eight to two and you're minus two with no points. <laughs> and I'm looking at, you know, I'm looking at a line or lines that right now that are just, I mean, they're just playing at a different level. When you, when you have Tage Thompson that ends up scoring sets a record for four goals in the first period and adds an assist where he, it's the most goals in Sabres history, right? Four goals. I think it was the fastest four goals, second fastest goals in, in NHL history. Okay. Think about that. Then you have, you know, Tage Thompson's waddling in after the game. You know, not a big deal that I've got five goals. I got six points plus three. I've got, what, nine shots on net. He sits down, grabs a water, a little Cytomax, whatever, and just takes a breather and, like, has a smile on his face. And he's looking over. He's looking across the table, and he sees Alex Tuck give him the thumbs up because Tucky's got a goal and, you know, three assists for four points and he's plus four. Then he looks across at the other side and he sees, you know, Skinzy and Skinzy's like giving him the, the fist pump, like, Hey, four points for me, bud. And all of a sudden he looks across beside him and he sit beside Victor Olves and old Victor has got zeros. He's got, he's got eggs with a big dash two. That's devastating. Nine goals scored and your dash two. And you know who's sitting beside Olsen? His middle stat. How do we in a, a nine to four thumping find a way to shit on Olsen again by Frivs? Like you just spin the conversation 
to your narrative, no matter what is going on. Yes. I couldn't even contain myself. Hey, being positive only lasts about three minutes for Craig. Listen to me. I'm going to tell you before. That was my positive spin. You guys are not getting what I'm saying. That was my positive spin. I spun it. Because I understand the feeling of both sides of each individuals. I understand. I've been in games where our team back in the day, Montreal, San Jose, where the team has won seven to one or six one. And I'm minus fucking one with no points. I've been on that side. I know exactly what's going on. I'm not shitting on Olison, but I kind of am. And I'm not <laughs> shitting on Middlestat, but I'm definitely am. Because how the fuck are you guys minus two? How are you guys well, minus somebody's somebody's got it like someone's somebody's out there got to suck against someone's, someone's out got there to suck every single game against. defensively. Greg, Listen, I'm not let- when one line's got six points, six out of the nine goals. Someone's out there on the wrong side of it. <laughs> That's it's kind of got a good point. It's kind of got a good point. Power play goal. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know the breakdown of the power goals, play but goal, like- power play goal. Couple softies by uh, UPL. Not gonna lie, four goals scored against them. Sabers scored nine. Great. Yeah, he had this a should chance. not he have been a, four he, goals scored against this he team. Had, he had a chance on the the back, the cross seam to Lane, line a one timer one. Tough, tough when you're moving east to west and you're moving trying to m- make those saves against a guy like that who fires the puck. But when you have a guy, and I, I can't remember who it was, skating down the left hand, right-hand side, he's a lefty, and he takes a snapshot from basically the top of the circle and beats the goaltender? No, that should not happen. Should not happen at all, okay? UPL, this is his opportunity. Every one of these guys are getting opportunities to take control of their future and every single game they're being evaluated. And right now, you know, you have, you have UPL that allowed four goals. And I would say one of those is, I mean, should not be allowed, should not be let in because what's going to happen in a game where the game is three, three feel confident that he's going to be making the saves. I don't want to hear that. He's young because he's not young. He's played multiple years in the minors. He's had time to mature. This is his time to step up and take control. And I know, like, he's played six games already, okay? Six games. His goals against average is 3.98. His save percentage is .859. If you're not, if your save percentage is not over nine, then you're struggling. If you have a goals against average of 3.98, almost a four goals against average, that is awful. Like awful. Go and check where, where he is in the standings in the NHL. Now, I don't know if they... I think you got to have minimum 10 games played. Well, exactly. In that in that equation to get into those conversations league-wide. But why are we even but being it's not negative ideal. right now? I don't understand. Like, why can't we just fucking enjoy this today as well? Because it's always been negative. We I haven't seen this team score that many goals, and I don't remember how long if they have scored that many goals. In I can't remember me in my NHL career ever playing on a team that scored nine goals. Yeah, Paige I know, Thompson. Nine. I think eight is our top. Maybe, maybe we touched nine, but eight. Like Tage Thompson, Jeff Skinner, who I've literally blasted like a thousand times over. He is out of his mind right now. The way he's playing, the goals that he's scoring, the plays that are they're making, they're extremely confident. Alex Tuck has played exceptionally well. That line is on another level. Dylan Cousins. Dylan Cousins is out of his mind right now in the last 10 games of of play. And you know, watching him watching him develop as a young as a young man. Like, I mean, we're talking a 21-year-old kid. Like, I mean, he is a kid. I'm sorry. He's a young kid. He has got so much more growth ahead of him. 
that what you see in Dylan Cousins, you have to have a smile on your face. Okay, let's let's have the real conversation. How much money did Tage Thompson leave on the table by signing this contract? No, you can't. Like $50 million. That's all you have to say, right? Like, and this game changes really quickly. It was a few months ago, a lot of people were questioning the contract that was signed. And the people on the inside knew what they were doing. Who was leading the charge? (laughs) AP, Andrew Peters, leading the charge with a a goddamn flag in front of the harbor uh, or the uh, key bank. And And it will change real quick. Made for great discussion, didn't it, Craig? It it would change real quick if it went to a 10-game dry, you know, streak here too for him. You know, like it's, it changes quick. And what you want as a player, as management, is your players to continue to stay on their rise, to continue to play confidently and contribute to your team. You can't look at it that he left money on the table. What you have to look at is he's locked up and for him as a player, he's got security. So, security Gio, let in me, Buffalo, security let me ask with you a contract. So, if I were to tell you that a player in his first year in 41 games had three goals and nine points, his second year in the league in 65 games had seven goals, 12 points. His third year in the league, he got sent to the minors and played one NHL game. His fourth year in the league, he had 30 in 38 games, he had eight goals and 14 points fifth year in the league, 78 games, 38 goals, 68 points. Now you go and sign a contract with the numbers of that player. And I were to tell you that that player went and signed a contract for $50 million, $50 million. Who won the contract, the The player player. or the team, the player, it's the player. Tage Thompson literally went in with a ski mask and, and said, Kevin Adams, give me all your money and said, give me 50 schmilly because he only had one good year in the league. Now, Kevin Adams, who's seen a lot of players over the years, has watched players develop. He's like, take your mask off, Tage. I feel very confident giving you this money from what you have shown me in your development over the last course of time. And now all of a sudden, Tage Thompson is producing. He's not at a top player on your team category. He's literally playing at a rate that has not been seen in a Sabres uniform in a very, very, very LaFontaine McGillney type. Exactly. He's third in the league in goals, fourth in the league in points. And and what did we say back, you know, years ago? Like when you're trying to build a team and you're developing a team, you're you're ultimately needing in the biggest of way, you're needing one of those players to explode. And okay. Cage Thompson right now has exploded onto the scenes. And the relevancy of the hockey team, which has been in the dungeon for the last decade, in order to get out of the dungeon, you need to dig your way out. And it's going to take time. People around the league, reporters, everything, players, organizations, it's fan base. It's going to take time for the Sabres organization and this team to dig its way out where people don't look at them anymore as a bottom feeder. And it's going to take time. And right now. So enlighten me then enlighten me. What would he be looking at for a contract? If he were to be signing this, this summer and didn't sign that contract. Yeah, he'd be, I'm I'm sure he'd be around 10. Like if he continues on the pace that he's at right now, if like, I mean, come on, if you do the, if you do the math, on what he is going to score. He's over a hundred points. Well over a hundred. It's like 120. Yeah. And the goals are like, I mean, he's, he's got 26 goals and, and like he's on pace for like 70 goals. 
Can they make the pl- can they make the playoffs, Gio? Oh. Can the Sabers make the playoffs? I was just looking at where they stand. They are they are not far off of a playoff spot. They sit at twenty five and thirty one. Is your like we said? That's that's a good week, week and a half of games. You go on a run. The problem is there's there's a bunch of teams in between there, but. I think for sure they're going to be in the conversation. They play the way they do. They need... Um, what do they need more than anything, Gio? Well, they need consistency. That's the that's the, that's the the word I was looking for. They need consistency. To now, you're what, 20, mid-20s, 25, 26 games into the season? You know, you have to finish strong and consistent and not go in like you want to go on a heater you want to you want to find a week or two that you are just killing it you know you're five six in a row something like that but like, you ha- like, don't get me wrong I, I i love the storylines from last night i love that tage gets five goals i love that skinner's got a bunch of points tuck has a bunch of points that you know but it was columbus columbus sucks no okay. doubt. And I don't want to take anything away from the Sabres, and that might have sound like I just did, but I know I'm not. Some guys had massive nights against a very, very shit team. Okay. Which is but that fine. wasn't your question. Your question was, do they have a chance of making playoffs? And sitting six points out, 25 games in, 26 games in, they certainly have a chance. So they need they needed to win last night. That was a must-win game. Okay, when you're when you're a team like Buffalo and the desperation's there, you have to beat teams like Columbus. But here's their stretch coming up here. Home and home against Pittsburgh, home and against LA, then they're on the road in Colorado, Arizona, Vegas, and then they have a few days back home and then they play on the 23rd against Tampa Bay. That's their schedule. This league is not easy. But it's let me easy. let me ask you that does that sound like a hard schedule to you? You need to I, beat good teams. In order to be a playoff team, you need to beat good teams. So you can't look at a team and be like, eh, we shouldn't win this game. We're not that caliber. You want to be a playoff team, you got to beat the best in the league, and you got to do it consistently. I guess Period. Ask that's, the question that's the difference again. between a playoff team. Not just taking advantage of your your Ottawa's, your Columbus's, your Phillies. You know what I mean? You got to beat good teams. So when you when you sit there and you look at it and you say, okay, we play back-to-back Pittsburgh Penguins, Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, and then you follow it up, we play um LA Kings. Okay. We play LA Kings that, you know, that are that are that are a strong team. You play Colorado, Stanley Cup winner, Arizona, then you go to Vegas, then you come back to Tampa Bay, and you look at it and you say, Is that a difficult schedule? And the answer is hell yes. And the answer, my next question is, why is it considered a difficult schedule? Well, because they're proven consistently good teams. They're consistently good teams that have always been great and always won. And Sabres are on the are on the bottom looking up. They're in the dungeon, right? They have no respect. When people that's how go you prove look, yourself. Yeah, exactly. When people go and say like the Pittsburgh Penguins are looking at their schedule and they say, okay, we got Buffalo coming up back to back. Those are two easy games. Then we have this and this and this. The Sabres need to continue to be consistent in their play. They need a full team effort in order to win games against the Pittsburghs, the Colorados, the LA's, the Vegas and the Tampa Bay's. You need a full team effort and you have to have great goaltending. If you don't have great goaltending, you're done. And my question is, have we had full team efforts? And the answer is no. We've had 10 players out of the 20 that play. 10 of those players are playing exceptionally well. Right? Have we yeah, had the I mean, goaltending that it takes to, to be a playoff team? Have we had the goaltending right now to you're, be a playoff team? You're no, because you're you're not firing on all cylinders, and that's why you're sitting at seven in the East. Yes, you're like that's why, right? Like, there's been some inconsistencies. There's been some spurts of really good team play. There's been so, spurts where where a line or two has carried you. 
know what so I mean? When you like, have so- a team right now heading into Christmas almost that's six points out and going on a tough swing. Is this the isn't this the time where a GM needs to GM? I don't know if you're trying to lead down making a move here, but like that's you you have to that's exactly what I I'm think, doing. I think you need to start with just playing consistent, having your guys play at the top of their like right. having a full group, like Ribs is saying, play at their best. That's where the, the Sabres are right now. I'll tell you right now Trying where this team needs to find themselves, go. whether they are contenders or whether they're just making incremental steps. Yeah. Is there any concern whatsoever with the top two lines on this team? No. That was for you too, Petey. Well, no, obviously No concern, not. right? No, no. Are there any concern with your top four defensemen? Any concern? No, I mean, like we Late saw, we, right? We we saw, yeah, there, we saw when they were hurt, when they were down, what that meant to the team. So my next question is, can can six forwards? Just saying, can six forwards and four defense win you games on a nightly basis? I think in the I NHL. think you're. I don't know where you stand on it, but I think. Gergensen's Oki and those guys. Just, just I, I don't want to go there. Like, yet. I just don't, answer well, what, the question. Can six? No, can six not forwards and four defense. There you go. Not, not consistently. consistently. They can win you games. They can win you nine four games, and guy gets six, six points. But you need consistency in your entire lineup. So here's the thing: if this Sabers team wants to make the playoffs, their goaltending just needs to be short short up a little bit. It needs to be tightened up. Okay, we're not looking for miracles. We just need to tighten up the goaltending. And UPL is given an opportunity right now to take those reins. Okay. The other part is the 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 other lines on the forward line. I don't think that we ever sit here and say Kyla Poso and Gergensen and whoever plays in the middle of those two guys always seem to play consistent. Do you agree with that? Yeah, that's why I don't it, it's so it comes say, down to for, for you to say your top top six that's where i i would disagree with you because i think that line is doing what they need for this yes. team yes okay do they I, produce? I just didn't are want they to flashy? throw them in are there? they exactly they, none of that but like but they do exactly what you want in a team structure the best teams in the league geo have the third line depth that produces points points that produces the secondary points on a nightly basis. The third lines on the top teams they produce points. So Don Granato and his coaching staff, their toughest, their toughest job right now is to find and help get the confidence back for Casey Middlestat, for Victor Olofsson, for a Peyton Krebs who scored a big goal last night. You could see his elation when he scored that goal. You could see it, okay? Define the confidence for players like this because if those guys come back and play at a high level of hockey and gain that confidence, this is going to be a really, really tough team to play against. But I'm going to throw a wrinkle at you, right? Like this is the hardest part of your quote unquote third line. They're not necessarily on a power play. If they are, it's PP2 and you're getting 20, 25, 30 seconds on a power play as the puck's been sent down into your zone. So you really have 15 seconds on a power play. Not much time to produce. Not much time to feel good about your game. The third line needs to be a line that can produce at 5-on-5 consistently for you. And that is one of the hardest parts of that third line is because you're not getting those feel-good touches on the power play. You're not getting those, those nights where you're struggling, but you're able to get a point or two. You're not necessarily, you have to grind through every game and be able to produce in tight spaces against good teams night after night. And so the third line is, is extremely hard to produce that. And that's why they're so valuable to a team when they do. But again, I'll go back to this. So, Hypothetically, you have a third line in 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 um in New Jersey. 
those top players, okay, Jack Hughes, um, Jasper Bratt, those guys are producing offensively. They're top power play guys. And then you need that 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 third line, that fourth line, okay? They add energy, so they add something beyond just points, beyond just, you know, they add uh, an element that is added to that line. Hard to play against, you know, fast and physical, and and they may not produce every night, but they're extremely hard to play against. And they also have that secondary type scoring to their line. Um, you know, Victor Olofsson, Casey Middlestat, they've struggled a little bit this year in finding ways to produce offense. You know, 26 games on the season so far, Victor Olofsson has three assists. So if he's not scoring on the power play, he's he's somewhat of a of a liability five on five. And this is this kid is very talented. He skates exceptionally well. He's got a, a world class shot with lots of skill. But they need to find a way. And Don Granato has done an unbelievable job of finding ways to get guys going that do not have confidence. But but and I don't they think... have to try and find a way to get him going. But they have these... to they have to alter his game a little bit. These are the reasons why people, we everyone has said that they're not a playoff team yet. But you need to let it play out and see where they can get to, what they can do, who are your guys going forward, and who are the guys that you're don't going we know to know that yet, Gio? You you do, are? but you have to make it. You do, but you now all of a sudden, now it's been identified. You know what it is, but that's why it's such a process to be a playoff team. It's not an overnight thing because it, these changes don't happen overnight. And, and so, happen for New Jersey. Okay, well, you can, you can coach say, for shit sakes, and now they're like one of the top teams in the league. They did well, something like, what okay, the hell well, happened? you could. You could see that with Montreal. Montreal did that, the run they made to the finals. Then what happened to them next year? They lost their captain. What I'm saying is, then all of a sudden, they went from Stanley Cup finals to bottom of the the league. And and I know why. Like You lose a world-class goalie. You lose your captain. You lose some big-name guys. No doubt. But what I'm saying is, you need to build a team for the long run. And I think that's what they're trying to do. Not a one hit splash wonder, make the playoffs this year and then not be a playoff team next year. But you year still didn't the year answer after. the question from what Petey just said. Aren't we doing it? Like you, you're, isn't you're that what's lo- happening? Don't you know who it is? Yes. Well, now that, it's, a, now it's about trying to figure out what, what's the right fit and who's out there. If these, well, that's the so, biggest problem. Gio, if, if, if the players the were players. so, if the players were so easy to get, every team would be doing it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not just turn a switch and I get the players I want. And, like, well, it's not that true. easy. But the players aren't just out there. Teams you can be believe in Kevin Adams, out there. Craig, to a Shit. certain extent. But the problem is he doesn't necessarily. I believe in him, too. And that's hearts. why I'm. you have to let it play out. You because have to some, let the, the players that you might want might dictate whether or not they're coming or not. And you are you the players that you need? Are you going to just go and pick off another player because the guy you have has a no, the guy you want has a no move clause? I mean, the players that you're going to want, though, Andrew, are not the players that are extremely hard to get. And what I mean by that is when you have a a a guy, I don't know, I'll use a Eller in 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 Washington or a guy like that that you know like. He's not a guy that everyone thinks of, but he's a guy that drives a team and helps them win. Those are extremely hard to come by because the teams know what they have with that guy, and they're not paying them ten million dollars a year. It's when, even when a guy's harder for those guys if they're free agents because yeah. now they have more options. And Buffalo is not right now. I will emphasize right now in a position to lure those guys. They want to come to a team that's already established and ready to go. And yeah, this team has some young pieces and they've established maybe their core, but they haven't done anything until you make it into the playoffs. You really haven't, you're not going to attract anybody because no one's I going know, to really believe that things have turned to the well, point. You're working where, off, you're working off potential. 
Exactly. They are potentially a playoff team. They, yes, with they are on with the you, rise. Just, so, so those sometimes are the harder guys to find. The ten million guy, ten million dollar guy that's on the market. There's a big red flag there. The other Why concern is- I have is if it's not UPL, it can't be Craig Anderson forever. And if it's not uh, Comrie, are we going to put all of our eggs into Northeastern's Devin Levi. Levi to be our savior for the? To, to take this team to the playoffs as a rookie next year or the year after? I don't think so. How can you? You can't. You're not going to bring in a guy because I think there's a lot of hope and emphasis on Devin Levi. He is a rock star right now. But are you going to bring in a guy for two years, two and a half years? Like, can Craig Anderson's body hold up until then? Can, can he perform at a high level until Devin Levi is ready to take over? That's not for, even if he's in the league next year, that's not for two years. And you need goaltending. You need goaltending. It's proven to win. Because if the Sabres had a carry price in net in his prime right now, they would be in the top three in their division. No doubt these Sabres would be because that guy is a game changer. And what he does night in and night out is give your chance team a chance to win when you have what Craig has been talking about all day, inconsistencies within your lineup. He saves the day on those those days. So a game changer in net like that, he he masks, band-aids, uh, some deficiencies in your team. I have one huge question that is non-Sabres related about the game last night, the Sabres-Columbus game, if you are curious to know what that is. I love these questions yeah, coming from you because your hey, hamster wheel is just turning right now. Why did Johnny Goudreau sign in Columbus? What his wife? What was Listen, that? Columbus his wife decided sneaky, that with Johnny. Great, it's a sneaky good town. Like it's, it is city. absolutely. It's a nice place to live. Yeah. It's you know, I don't know. Did everyone see that Columbus was going to be where the Columbus is? I think that's a little bit of a surprise. I think we were young. saying that back when he signed. They're there. young. Why, is, why Columbus? What, what was the other one? Philly? New Jersey? New Jersey was in there. <laughs> New, well, Philly, what? well, yeah, for sure. You know, Maybe the dynamic how, isn't How the same old is Johnny Goudreau? He's got to be 30. 27? No, I, I got to say he's 30. I would think. Is he that old? 29. 29 years old. Okay. Um, you know, when you, it's interesting when you look at, uh, you know, the Columbus blue jackets, you know, they have some, they have some younger players like Kent Johnson. We all remember him. He, uh, was one of the guys that played with Owen power in Michigan. He was drafted just recently, a couple, two years ago, fifth overall. Um, you also have Cole Sillinger. Who was a 12th overall draft pick in 2021? This is his second year in the league. As a rookie, he scored 16 goals and 31 points. Okay. They have some nice young players in Columbus, and they are clearly, and I mean clearly, in a transition. They understand that they're in a transition. They're okay, probably, with being uh, one of the worst teams in the league because they're going to have a shot at what, Petey? Don't do it. Don't put Connor Bedard in Columbus. What that's, a waste. That's what, what they're a, doing. What a waste that would be. Why is it a waste? What's what's your reasoning for it being a waste? Did did people say that Sidney Crosby going to Pittsburgh was a waste? Well, the they time? already had at the time a, a team that was gonna fold, bankrupt, be moved, was Sidney Crosby going to Pittsburgh. A waste, and I'm not putting Bedard in Crosby's stratosphere by any stretch of the imagination. But why is it that it's a, a mistake? Why is it that it's a bad thing for the game? That's my question. I guess when I say that, I'm thinking more about Connor Bedard than I am the Columbus Blue Jackets. Yeah. <laughs> so tell like, me, tell me from where Vancouver. the worst spot is. Tell me where the worst spot is for Connor Bedard and the best spot for Connor Bedard. And I'm going to give you the bottom five teams currently in the National Hockey League. At number one is Anaheim. 
Yeah. Number two is Chicago. Number three is Columbus. Number four is Arizona. And number five is San Jose. Where is the worst spot in the league to market this player? San Jose. What? No way. Okay. You want crack? Anaheim? They've been one of the most winningest teams in, in the NHL the last 15 to 20 years. Go look it up, Petey. And the Shark Tank is a great the spot The Shark to Tank play. is like Shark Tank. Hey, fuck, literally, I, just, I just threw a guess. It's been literally one of the best places in the league. You and don't want him in Arizona. And one of the most winningest teams in uh, the NHL. You do in the want him in Arizona, though, don't you? The last him? place I'd want him. Yeah. It's complete shithole. They're playing in a friggin' 3,000 uh, seat 3, arena. square. They're dressing in, that in, would help in like uh, where the Zamboni proof. comes in. Is Anaheim a good spot? No, it's not a good spot. Like, where are you going to sell this kid? San Jose, Arizona, Columbus, Chicago, or Anaheim? And and I'm gonna I'm just gonna Chicago's stop you. Not a bad spot. Please, please. Now, if we're talking HRR, okay. If we're talking money, then you have to have this kid in Chicago. Gary Bedman literally needs to rig the draft and get him in Chicago if you want to make an extreme because Chicago is one of the highest revenue teams when they're when they're pumping on on all cylinders. The problem is I don't want him in Chicago. They've won three Stanley Cups. I want him to go someplace that's fresh. The problem is I don't like Arizona. I don't like Anaheim. San Jose's okay. Columbus Blue Jackets, it's a small marketplace. But it is a really, really nice place to play. That's that's all I got for you. And that's so why all I said, why is everybody against him being in Columbus? Only Pedias. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like Petey <laughs> wasn't the only guy saying that. Yeah, I, I mean, you just you want to market this guy. The guy is the guy's a freak, Geo. He is. I, a, I get he is it, a but player. I think the whole. Listen, Arizona would be a nightmare for a guy of that caliber to be. But besides that, I don't. I think you can like Zegers is marketed in Anaheim. Like you can you can market players much easier than you were marketing them back in the day. Who are you marketing in San Jose right now? Where where's the uh, well, that's Carlson? I, yeah, I mean, no, I mean it's. Uh, that's why I say it's not a bad spot for him. I, I think the one spot you don't want him is Arizona. Besides that, I think you can do a nice job of, of him helping out any one of those franchises marketing him with those other teams. Yeah, he, it would be really nice to watch him in San Jose. And it would be, my reasoning would be he would have players to play with. I think playing him in Columbus, wouldn't you love to see you know, a uh, uh, you know, a Patrick Line and a uh, Johnny Hockey, Johnny Goudreau. You know, you got opportunity there. Man, would he look good in Chicago? Holy jumping! He has teams in, in complete transition. But if they get him, does, does Kane does Kane stay? Does he go back? You mean? Yeah. <laughs> well, you're like yes. They're gonna they're gonna trade him at the deadline. Yeah, but what, that's that's, a, that's more my does does he still well? Are you trading both of these guys when you think about it, Chicago and and the development of what they're trying to do? Don't you need? Don't you need one of those guys to stay? Like if if Patrick Kane is heart is to continue to play in Chicago, and he's sitting there saying, "Listen, I've won three Stanley Cups. Like, what more do I need? Now I want to help." the next generation of Chicago Blackhawks. And because I'm still playing at an elite level of hockey, I don't mind staying here. If, if, if we bring in this generational talent like myself back in the day and, you know, like Patrick Kane's got 20 points in 25 games. He's not playing to the level of what he he's done in the past. But the team is is also. I think it's I mean, pretty good considering the team that is yeah. surrounding them. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, yeah. Gio, what's the most goals you had in one game? NHL game. NHL game. Uh, three. 
Oh, I thought I thought for sure no. you might have had a four banger. Uh, no, BC, I had five first period. No big deal. What happened the other five two goals in the first period? Yeah, I shut her down after that. I didn't take a shot after that. I was looking for a couple of helpers. What's the record? That has to be the record. Well, I had in in a period, possibly. I don't know. Was it a good team or a bad team? What do you mean you shut her down? University University of Maine, really good team. No way. I, I'm you, saying like I, I I turned into a passer, which is not my game. Why would you do that? Like, why wouldn't you just like now that you're old? We're up five nothing. I scored all five, and it was just I don't know, just like what I was talking about. Like it happens. You're you just I don't know. Were you almost embarrassed at that point? Like that's yeah. Like my last one, you can see. Like I take a slapper from outside the top of the circles, you know, and it's off the wrong foot and it just goes in and you, you just like, and if, you, one keep, of those if days. you keep going for six, seven, I mean, then you look selfish, right? Is that what you're saying? No, I'm not. Necess- yes. I mean, if I had a chance to shoot or pass, I was passing after that. Edie, can you imagine just- cruising? the uh campus bars with geo after that game <laughs> could you imagine being the wingman just hanging out with the big guy <laughs> just clearing my, just clearing things yeah out Petey would have been thing. carrying me around i would have been carrying him around you would have had him on your shoulders like yeah. literally the entire night i would have carried him around on my shoulders and i would have been wearing his jersey 100 percent, 100 percent. you guys met my friend brian this is brian, <laughs> this, this is brian right here here. Hey, this is Brian Ray. Geo Jerry York night this weekend. Is that something you're going to? Tomorrow, heading out in the morning, heading up there. Uh, for those that don't know, Jerry York retired in the spring. And summer. who is Jerry York? Just Jerry me- York is the legendary coach, Hall of Fame coach, U.S. Hall of Fame, Hockey Hall of Fame uh, coach for Boston College. He was there when I was there. Um, he just retired. And so we're, we got a little Jerry York night, BCBU tomorrow in Boston. Um, I'll be on the ice presenting them, presenting them on the ice between periods. Wow. So, so you're kind of like a big deal. I've never been able to say that cause I'm five foot six and no one. It's not about you're size. Worried, Gio. You're worried about, you're worried about size and numbers. Not about size. Gio. I've never been able to say that ribs. So yeah, I, I'm presenting. So I'll be on the ice helping, uh, kind of congratulating him on a career well before we pat you on the back i'm just going to do a little research here because there's another uh smaller type player stature played like he was six nine you probably might know who i'm talking about and i just want to see the difference between his statistics and your statistics to see who is the biggest small man Stop pretending to look oh, at us and type dude. at the same time. We know exactly. you can't do that. Yeah. I know I can't do that. That's why I'm having uh, a hard time right now. <laughs> what generation are you going to? He would, have, he, would have been, he would have been after you. Little, he would have guys. been after you, but I, I would put him. Pr- what are you? After what's me? your age right now? I'm 43. Ooh. After he's, me. He's probably 30. I'm going to put this player at 37. College guy? Yep. College I guy, I think you, I can't I think, think of who you're. Oh, just, just, and he went to Boston College, by the way. So his best year was 43 games played. He had 35 goals, not a big deal. 68 points. Okay, let's go back to you. Let's go back to you. And uh, I don't have you, but uh, what's your best? Uh, what was your best? 48 and 89 points. You had 89 points in college? In one year. Oh, in college, you're saying? Yeah, in oh, college. Yeah. Oh, I thought you were talking pro. Um, My best year was 60-something points. 30, 62, your rookie so, year. 30, so six, 33 might have been top for goals. The yeah, exactly. I peaked <laughs> and just went downhill from there. So this guy apparently is way better than you. Like he was, is your best year, you had 62 points and 30 goals. Okay. This guy, and here's the thing you're, you're 5'7, 178. This guy, what's his career stats? What in, in the NHL? 
in college. You're looking at college. What's his career? College stats. I'm not talking one year off. What did he do so, as freshman, sophomore, junior, not a senior year? Well, he didn't play the senior year because he was too good and he, he moved on to the NHL. Not a big deal. No big deal. Um, so his first year, he had 18 points. Second year, 47 points. Third year, 68 points. Petey, would you say what my freshman year was? 40 okay. games, 30 goals, 32 assists. I, yeah, had double, he, I had double goals that he had points that year. So everybody listening no right deal. now is... Everybody I'm listening joking. right now is like they're they're yelling like just tell me who it is because I don't even know who it is. Well, this guy's five four one seventy six. That Nathan should give it Gerby. away. Yeah, Nathan the Gerby. gerbil, the absolute gerbil, sick mitts. He had a stick that was literally. Do you remember, like eight inches yeah. taller than what he was? Johnny he Johnny was, Hockey's a BC little guy too, bud. You got to put him in the combo for BC little guys. What? What is his uh, point total? Do you know? No, no idea. I don't think the. I'm second in points, I believe. I think. Uh, Does that anger you? Yeah. Emma. There's so many other Emma. people that are way better than you. Is his look name it. Johnny look, or is he? Look does at, he just look go at, by, like, why it's can't Johnny. he go by John? I'm looking at him right now. Look at. Uh, so Johnny Goudreau. Shit, he had 80 points. Johnny Goudreau had 36 goals, 80 points. In 40 games in his last year. Although he was way bigger than both you guys. Eh? He was 5'9", 165. There's no way. <laughs> no way. Uh, no way. Anyway, that's awesome. That's uh, some hell of some, uh, some nice hockey players coming out of Boston College. Yep. That's a wrap on another episode of After the Whistle. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, After the Whistle. And at Craig Reve 52 at the Instigator 76 you can find us, as you already know, on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube, and anywhere else where you can get your podcasts. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to spread the word.